Russia was the, the Union of Soviet Social Republics. And they'd say, oh, but aren't you so glad that you're in America? I said, well, I know a lot of Russian filmmakers. They have a lot more freedom than I have. All they have to do is be careful about criticizing the government. everyone and welcome to pop life a show where we take deep more fun dives into different aspects of pop culture movies and of course something i spent a long time doing music don't forget if you like what you're seeing please hit like subscribe and hit that notification bell so you're alerted whenever we go live like i always say on the main show we're constantly adding new shows like this to the channel so you have to hit that notification bell so you know we're dropping new episodes like this also, since this show is about music, I wrote a thing that is now a book you can purchase wherever you are watching or listening to the show. There should be links in the description to the site to purchase that from Everyday Analysis. My extended essay that was turned into a mini book slash pamphlet. I was a teenage anarchist, of course, taken from the Rise Against song. We're also doing a live book launch meet and greet in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's going to be a star-studded event. Chris Contos from Machine Head and Forbidden and the Boneless Ones and Attitude Adjustment are going to be there. Craig Cicero from Forbidden, the Boneless Ones and Death, Man Made God is going to be there and Rick Hunel, uh from Exodus is going to be there. Guys that were there in the early days of the punk metal and hardcore scenes going to have a Q&A. Definitely a panel discussion about those days. It's going to be a good time. I've known those dudes for a while. Great stories. So again, wherever you are watching or listening to the show, tickets are available and we're only selling a limited amount because of the intimate environment in which we want to have the soiree. Also, if you haven't read it, I wrote a new article in Damage Magazine. There's links in the description for that too. I'm surprised who picked that up i don't know why but it's a big hit in the conservative sphere they were sharing it as a must read i don't know if that's a good or bad thing i guess that means i made it but what of the indie artist with the fall of Bandcamp? let's just get right into it recently we had cory doctorow on the show to discuss his latest book the internet con in an article he wrote for Wired magazine, he talked about the inshittification of apps and websites from the article. Inshittification is a seemingly inevitable consequence arising from the combination of the ease of changing how a platform allocates value combined with the nature of a two-sided market where a platform sits between buyers and sellers. Hold each hostage to the other, raking off an 
ever larger share of the value that passes between them. When a platform starts, it needs users, so it makes itself valuable to users. Think of Amazon. For many years, it operated at a loss using its access to the capital markets to subsidize everything you bought. It sold goods below cost and shipped them below cost. It operated a clean and useful search. If you search for a product, Amazon tried its damnness to put it at the top of the search results. This was a hell of a good deal for Amazon's customers. Lots of us piled in and lots of brick and mortar retailers withered, died, making it hard to go elsewhere. Amazon sold its eBooks and audiobooks that were permanently locked to its platform with DRM so that every dollar we spent on media was a dollar we'd have to give up if we deleted Amazon and its apps. And Amazon sold us Prime, getting us to prepay for a year's worth of shipping. Prime customers start their shopping on Amazon and 90% of the time they don't search anywhere else. That tempted in lots of business customers, marketplace sellers who turned Amazon into the everything store it had promised from the beginning. As these sellers piled in, Amazon shifted to subsidizing suppliers. Kindle and Audible creators got generous packages. Marketplace sellers reached huge audiences and Amazon took low commissions from them. This strategy meant that it became progressively harder for shoppers to find things anywhere except Amazon, which meant they only searched on Amazon, which meant that sellers had to sell on Amazon. That's when Amazon started to harvest the surplus from its business customers and send it to Amazon shareholders. Today, marketplace sellers are handing more than 45% of the sale price to Amazon in junk fees. The company's 31 billion quote advertising program is really a payola scheme that pits sellers against each other, forcing them to bid on the chance to be at the top of your search. We're seeing something similar with the fall of Bandcamp. The website is a business to customer music site that is the most artist friendly when it comes to payouts. During peak COVID shelter in place, Bandcamp started the Bandcamp Friday program where once a month for 24 hours, they would forego their commission on sales of digital and physical products. A lot of people love Bandcamp Friday. <laughs> Bandcamp also had an editorial magazine that profiled smaller, more obscure artists than say Pitchfork or any of the larger music blogs and publications. Bandcamp sold to Epic Games and is now being sold again to the business-to-business -business company SoundTrader. SongTrader, sorry. There have been layoffs. The remaining employees who recently unionized have been left in the dark about the intentions of the new owner. All this being said, what does this mean for indie musicians that rely on Bandcamp to sell their music and the fans that use Bandcamp to discover new artists? I have my good friend, Conan Neutron, an independent artist who I actually got to hang out with for a little bit when I was last in the Bay Area. See him live. That was fun. So please welcome my good friend with a new video out, Conan Neutron. Undefeated. <laughs> It's great seeing you, man. I, and it, that was awesome that you were at that San Francisco show, too, because there's people in that neighborhood that didn't turn out. And I'm like, this dude came up from Mexico, man. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, you know, we, we, were, we were I shouldn't say we I was yelling uh, yeah. before we went on about 
unrelated things. Um, but that is kind of one of my big beefs. I thought that show was great, by the way. Like, just for the record, that was that was actually an awesome show. I'm I'm not talking trash. I just think it's funny. To, that's a funny one. I, I you know I had never saw the band Lung before. Yeah, I, they're amazing. You, you had showed me them maybe two three years ago. I think mm-hmm. it was longer ago than that. You showed you showed them to me, and uh, seeing them live was pretty cool, man. So that's who we have this split LP with, as you know, Jason. Yeah. Of course, that yeah. uh, the adult prom LP is a split with uh, the band Lung, Cincinnati, Ohio, two piece uh cello and vocals and drums duo and we not only cover a song by them and they cover a song by us but kate and i do a duet on our side that's about fridging it's called fridging which is that i wish you guys would have done that live i wish we would have done that too (laughs) we should have we should we should have we will in the future you know what but i understand the dynamics of a live show at certain levels yeah and and i don't even know what a home show for you is in 2023 being that you now relocated to the midwest Um, where where i I lay my head is home that's metallica right uh no but we also we had we had to kind of pick and choose what we were gonna learn in the live set for this tour and that unfortunately it made the first round and i'm like well there's no reason to do it if kate's not gonna do it with us and yeah it, it just we ran out of time to, to get it together and, and and whatever it's fine it's but it's a cool song to listen to uh, we will we'll do it eventually next time we play with them probably but it's about that concept of fridging which is just you know it's from comics where it's like mm-hmm. a, a female character is usually killed raped depowered what have you to advance the narrative of a male character and we did as a duet <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the kind of quality entertainment you can expect from Kona Neutron, the secret friend. Well, that's also the kind of stuff you can do when you're, you know, independent artist just saying, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, I mean, big artists can do it too. They just rarely do. Like, you, like credit where credit's due. Radiohead does it or did it. I don't get know. it. You know who I have to give credit to that, that does it and people are going to get mad. And I'm not the biggest fan of sometimes they're more artistic choices. Mm-hmm. Talica. Talica did not have to make a record with Lou Reed. Didn't. Now, granted, it sounds like Grandpa Simpson ranting over a guitar center jam. Don't get me wrong. I've never heard that. That's not awesome. good, man. It's it's, it's not good. But 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 they 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 took a risk. They took a swing, man. Good for them. That's you one know? of those things that you yeah. just do at your house and you never release. Yeah, oh, check. Isn't that crazy that we jammed with Lou Reed? That was yeah, wild. <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna release this record with Lou Reed about fucking obscure. Was a German painter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think so. And it's the wildest thing about it. If you would have given it like another pass of like editing or an editing pass, mm-hmm. like it could have been pretty good, actually. <laughs> like it was just this bizarre thing that was very like extemporaneous and of the moment, you know, Hetfield singing I am the table at one point. It's like, all right, man, really? That's, it. <laughs> that's your final draft of that lyric? Cause I'm the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. You dug into it way more than me. And I re- actually, I was so. I was so fascinated yet also agitated by it that I actually uh, broke my then retirement from writing to write about it for Collapse Board uh, when that was still a thing, ever a true thing. And, and and like I stand by my assessment to this day. Like it's it's a fascinating record, but it's not in fact a good record. But good for them because they took a swing. They didn't have to do that. They could just keep doing this thing, like make a record sound just like the last one, just like the one before yeah. that, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's what me and Ben Bird just try to get into the, the latest one driving around Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It's a record, you know, but yeah, I don't like it. It's a Metallica record, all right? It's a Metallica record. Uh, listen to Foo Fighters are a great example of just like, okay, you found your thing and like, you're just going to keep cranking this that's out. You, huh? That's what you're going to do. 
All right. I get it. You got to play for three. Look, when you're that level, they go up to you and say, we need you for three hours. Dude, middle managers at the car dealership need rock records too, okay? That's all I got to (laughs) say. Coming up next week, the Foo Fighters. The soundtrack of the finance guys (laughs) fucking fucking you over on your finance terms. I mean, they did one record like some years, but I don't know how many records they've done since then. But like, I was like, oh, this sounds like Queens of the Stone Age. Right, Onik? This Mm. this is awesome. And then it's like, this next song, this sounds like Foreigner. I don't mean that's a compliment. This is bad. Well, speaking of Foreigner, next Wednesday, I'll be talking to Tom Warman. Oh, nice. Producer of Foreigner. And a bunch of other stuff, too. Motley Uh, Crue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, everything. Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm glad you came to see us play, because first of all, as your listeners uh, may or may not be aware, you have actually played in Kona Neutron, The Secret Friends, which is how mm-hmm. I know all of these people, which, uh, you know, for there's there's always someone like, who's this guy in the jacket? Why should I care about what he's saying? Uh, and the answer is because I'm awesome. But <laughs> beyond that, that's you're you're my connective thread to uh, a lot of this. And it's always a pleasure to be on the show because I was on a lot early on. Back before yeah. it was really this is really well. Good. You're also look. I I do this thing where I don't like to ask people t- for favors too much, and I know you're a busy person. I know you have a life outside of music, and you do a show with Forrest, and you do you've been doing your own show for what, about ten years now. <laughs> for Tonic Reversal, almost ten years. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so and you're I also want people, one of the two. Yes. <laughs> I also want people to understand, Conan. You had your first record deal when you were how old? Twenty what? Uh, twenty two. You sound a sub pop. 122 no 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 that was that was never in the uh it, 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 i've been indie my, my whole life but it used to mean that like that wasn't like oh what's that your your closet yeah. <laughs> uh yeah we got we got the ceo over there he's in the litter box right <laughs> yeah, i mean it's 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 weird that i kind of came in right after like the 90s boom Mm-hmm. not benefiting from literally any of that but then before there's like this new crowd of especially in like the noise rock world there's like younger cats that are that are really doing interesting stuff and there's kind of like a market for it now which is great but replicator missed all that <laughs> we we were not a part of like any what, what label were you on if you don't mind or you can't it, say. It, it was radio it was radios down for the the for the period of time that most people cared about the band is radios down. There are there are other record labels. I'd rather not give them the airtime, frankly. But yeah. uh point of fact is is we had a show that if you would see us play and we would tour, you know, we were again a band in the Bay Area that toured, and one of the reasons we toured is because we did better in other cities than we did in the Bay Area. And if you played a show and you did a good job, people would buy your CD. Yep. Every time. And they would do that because they may never find your band ever again. You may never hear of you ever again. It's just good. Like, if you didn't get that CD, it's over, Johnny. Uh, Because we didn't have it like how we have it now. We can just, like, go on your app of choice where you rent your music and and just, like, tap in a few letters. Ah, there they go. All right. I got the whole discography now. That was not – not only was that not a thing, like, the idea of downloading music – which again, nobody downloads anymore, right? But like the idea of downloading music was being attacked as like, no, this is taking away our livelihood. Well, not only did that take like take away the livelihood of like some uh, the middle class of bands, not the people mostly complaining about it, mm-hmm. but we, we've changed it now that these middle managers, you know, maybe the same ones rocking out the Foo Fighters, <laughs> uh, th- that are doing all these walled gardens, they're the ones taking away the livelihood, and in, in a way, streaming has like taken the place of radio. In, in a lot of ways. So when you, you're talking about uh, 
when you're talking about uh, avenues of discovery, it's, it's a great avenue of discovery. The problem is there's absolutely no mechanism anywhere on any of these platforms to turn that into anything other than more content for the wall garden in question. So this would be your Spotify, uh, you know, title, like what, you know, I, Apple music, whatever they're calling it now. Uh, there is no such thing as ethical streaming. It, it doesn't exist because having instant access to all of recorded music through all time, there's no way for that to be an ethical model that will benefit anyone other than the people that already won period. And people need to get out of their heads that there is any curative action to that because it, it just does not exist. The one exception to that rule for years since its inception was a little site with a goofy name that is especially goofy if you've seen those uh, uh, those movies, Bandcamp. <clears throat> and the reason why is because you were able to directly buy from the artist, in this case downloads, but if you just stream your stuff and you don't care about downloads, you don't have to download it, as well as uh, T-shirts, records, CDs, uh, 8-tracks, whatever the heck people are shilling, uh, you can buy directly from the band and the money actually goes to the band. So rather than, you know, you're in the talk up, you're, you're talking about the uh, inshittification of the internet and how Amazon especially is, uh, you know, one of the progenitors of that. Uh, the thing with, with all that is like Bandcamp was like the first action against that. Meaning that like, rather than, hey, you're going to give us everything you have for free and we're going to rent it out to people and give you no money for it because if you don't, you're writing manifestos in the woods. Instead of that, they provided a direct marketplace. Direct, meaning that flat out, the, you invoke the Bandcamp Fridays, which was the first Friday of months. They started this during the COVID pandemic that they would waive their fees. So instead of either being like a very, and the fees are minimal anyway, but instead of being a minimal fee, it would, it would even go directly to the artist. That quite literally kept the lights on in this house. <laughs> for me for like a month and a half between that and uh launching a patreon for the show and those kind of started to winnow down which okay fine look everyone's up and out and and kind of and playing again so there's avenues of, of, for revenue potentially uh but the epic buyout was the first volley in this current war uh and i don't i'm not a video game guy so but a lot of people were like uh oh that ain't good <laughs> and they were all video game people and this self the song trader uh which is t-r-a-d-r not t-r-a-i-t-o-r but <laughs> like it's, but i guess you could say either way it's really alarming because they they they're they're opening volley there for how they're gonna run things as they laid a bunch of people off like uh, i think about half of the um, half the half staff. the staff yeah. uh some of which are people i know and it's alarming because the editorial feature which is uh, a feature that uh, has the deep nerdery that comes from like the guy at the record store or, or lady uh, that's, that knows all about all the music. Oh, you like that? Oh man, you would love this. You would love this record. This is awesome. You should check this out. Uh, it's like that level um, zines, um, any kind of cure, curated opinion where you're getting uh, suggestions for something new where it isn't just stuff you already know. That er Their editorial did incredible work with that. And it was absolutely vital as well. One of the, I, I did this single series and you know it well, because uh, when you went out with us, <laughs> that you were was, on it. You were on that it. Was, that's what we were touring, right? And one of them, it was the seventh one, what got a, just a little like blurb at the bottom of the site in um, 
on the Bandcamp Daily for the little editorial thing about it. And we sold, I think, $800 worth of merchandise that day. There was like something like uh, 10, 20,000 streams. I, like it was crazy. And, and, and that was something, oh, because the people that are going to Bandcamp are dedicated music fans. So you have the, the thing where you have a community that's, that sprouts up around um, the, the ability to support bands, basically, which which is, again, the only curative action against all this wall garden nonsense that we've just abdicated to the algorithm completely. Well, let me ask you, I do have some questions. I meant to send you these beforehand. And if you don't want to answer these, you know, <laughs> exact answers on this, because right. I did. I kind of wanted to break into because I. I this is where this conversation is kind of hard for me mm-hmm. because I want people to understand what this means, but also you and I, and you've been doing this longer than me music wise, but we've done music at a certain level for a long time. So it's different for us than someone coming up. And and later in the conversation, I definitely want to get into kind of the future of music and who's really doing this stuff now, because I definitely think there's a class aspect to who's even making certain kinds of music. Sure. Um, but and if you don't want to give a ballpark, I get it. <laughs> I feel so bad. I told myself I'm going to send this to Coney. Uh, how much of your music revenue comes from digital sales when you're not on tour not on tour uh well during the heaviest year which was where there was like a band camp friday every month uh mm-hmm. meaning that during the COVID, i think it brought in about 12 13 grand all in oh wow and you were that's when you were not of course you couldn't play. no nobody was touring <laughs> so that slowed down considerably once there was and of course but what we added on to is the fact that not only we're selling uh records especially records usually move but you know, cds shirts hoodies i mean you've seen the merch table it's, it's like yeah. a freaking traveling etsy store dude it's when like... i was out with you i think all you really had was vinyl and maybe two shirts we had like we couldn't bring anything with because i was a fly out yeah so that that was uh um... and we usually have at least four designs now which i would have oh my god back in the day i would to busted balls so, so this, hard is, about this that. is what's fun. I, I also i want people to like understand this aspect of a smaller artist if you're serious about trying to do music right you have to get serious about aspects that you probably had nothing you, you know cindy and i you you know us we mm-hmm. had two shirts one shirt usually we had one shirt maybe two when we went out yep. because a we couldn't afford to well, buy much we were kind of living off this stuff and and we just weren't people that thought about shirt designs like that and you can say well that's a bad business model um but it's like uh, maybe i'm just not the businessman part of this because because most bands and artists don't want to admit that you have to be because <laughs> if you aren't you you will be just as if if you're using a product and you're not paying for it, you are the product. Mm-hmm. Same thing if you if you if you are in if you're in the music game, like you will be profited on. Don't make no mistake about that. But I, that's relatable to me because in Replicator, we had that band was around all, like almost ten years, like eight years as as a traveling touring band. But like we had two T-shirt designs mm-hmm. that entire time because it was literally a different time. But mm-hmm. these days when we go out, if we don't have a new design, like every tour, like. It's it's forget it. That's and, your ass. If you don't and, have a new design, that's your ass. And I and we we were we had to make the this is this is I kid you not, man. Uh, we had to make the choice of well, we can replace the bass speaker 
or we can make a new run of t-shirts. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's an up. First of all, it's an upfront cost. Yeah, you 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 get it back, but you get it back like in drips and drafts. Over. Oh. Now, if you're rich, you don't gotta worry about that. Like you can just pay it, and you know you're gonna get it back, and right on. And 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 honestly, some fans will never get it back, of course. But like we're lucky enough that we work with uh, amazing artists and designers that come up with great stuff for us. And th- there's something about thank fuck they, they, we, they, what, how this band operates where people will get excited about whatever the new thing is right and it's like that's great because that you know there's some bands that like you know they can't get arrested and think they're working on they only want to talk about something 30 years ago but <laughs> but it's it's you have to put in that investment if you don't have it and i'm sitting there doing the fight math right and i'm like man we can't do it like if we do that like that's like we're going to be like uh you know the equivalent of like uh living paycheck to paycheck for a band which is you know paycheck would be charitable but <laughs> and i also want to know and again you don't have to tell me like how much do you get from streaming revenue <sighs> well right, let me add this are you one of those guys because cindy and i used to do this and so i keep i keep referring to cindy i was in a band with my ex called yeah, and yeah. i did for seven years we did that and we toured non-stop like a hundred dates a year all over the planet um we would when we got home every venue that actually paid their their bmi ascap fees yeah so if you do if you do it to venues that don't those venues will get shut down uh (laughs) they'll get they'll get there's bmi and ascap do sting operations to see if people are or having yeah. cover bands, it's it's effed up. We won't get into that now. That, that's, but, it's a shakedown, and it's a whole different. It's a whole, sure. different, <laughs> a whole different conversation. Well, we should talk about Creative Commons at some point, but not right now. But not right now. Not right now. Yeah. Um, we would come home and log every venue, all the songs we pe- played, and we yeah. would get these quarterly payouts. Sometimes we'd be able to pay. Actually, more often than that, we'd be able to pay rent with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you do that when you come back? Yeah, and uh, we get. Yeah, we get some, you know, like and and even like with the digital distro, right? Like uh, I got it. So the, the, a payout happens every fifty dollars, but that's mm-hmm. not every week. That's like every, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Every like month or two, and it's like okay, well, you know, it, it ain't nothing. <laughs> it, it ain't nothing. Uh, but what it isn't is sustainable for if you're um trying to do this at, at any larger level. So for us, we only have to. I have to plan for what we can do that is within our area of influence. Like, for instance, the tour you saw us on, the West Coast tour, right? Mm. I knew there was going to be two shows that we were getting what people would consider, like, decent money from. and even, or, or maybe would, would think that that's a horrendous, like, my God, that's what you're getting? But, like, for us, it's like, oh, my God, that's great. You know, and I knew because of those, I could reverse engineer the budget for it to be like, okay, so we can take a risk here, here, and here. I know that this will probably do okay at the door. I, I've worked with this person forever. They'll take care of us, et cetera, et cetera. And I was able to work out how we could do that tour with no new designs. We were just dealing with like whatever we had left over. We had like the, the Froberg shirts we had um, in stock for every size, but everything else was like, oh man, you better be like large and in charge. We got no shirts for you, man. Uh, <laughs> because it's all trip XL and stuff. <laughs> and, Which costs extra yeah yo exactly and then people bitch about not about us not making them and then they don't buy them that's like they cost extra man. if you are in a, if you are in a band and you've i mean when i say i'm not trying to shit on anybody that's never really toured yeah. but there is a huge difference between like local show stuff and being on the road be, you know stamps on the passport right being on the road constantly yep, yep. and uh every night 
someone's gonna be like you don't have any double x and you, yeah, in your yeah. head you're thinking motherfucker that costs two dollars extra whatever you don't have is what they want every yeah. time every every right. damn time and 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 i do my best to try to stay ahead of it like okay. and but then on this recent Bandcamp friday getting back to the, the overall topic okay. i i wasn't everyone's all like i'm gonna put together this uh here's this demo of us whatever okay good good for you that's not my not my vibe right? i'm very meticulous about what gets put out when but i was like hey we got these t-shirts it's mostly uh, larger sizes. Now would be a great time to get one. <laughs> and well, we, you, we well, sold you a big few. Bitches that, you big bitches were talking all this shit last time. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe, and I was I was actually thinking about this. And maybe it's like a psychological thing. Like, you know, I, you know, if people are, 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 are feeling like self-conscious about their size or whatnot, or maybe they're not where they think they ought to be. They don't want to be like, oh, you have any, uh, <laughs> any of those trip X's? I mean... <laughs> I get it. I, I I get it. All I'm saying is like people people yell and yelled about us not making, it. and then we made. It. I'm like, wait, where are you? Where are you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ain't buying. I know that much. And and again, I know it's it must be like discordant for like to have all this uh, coaxing capitalistic language. But look, the U.S. has no there's no art support of any kind uh, in the U.S. Now, if you're in Canada, if you're in like you know a civilized country or something along those lines, they have um. They have like I just saw that there was like an artist thing in Ireland that they're paying like a, it's like a experimental we we have it in Louisiana UBI thing we have it in Louisiana there's actually uh there I, I know they're trying to lose they're trying to change it but there's mm-hmm. subsidized housing for artists so much of your income has to be off your art though right right it needs to be like verified again yeah. it all comes back to crabtillism yeah, Canada's somewhat similar uh, you you know there's also like you have to fit within certain categories right. like before we get to, look I want to say that about this. This about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was all a sidebar, wasn't it? Gotta <laughs> shut down that whole talking point. That those grants are harder to get than people think. Yeah, there's usually like requirements to those grants that are, you know, first of all, you have to know how to write grants. So that goes back to more about learning <laughs> stuff that you don't care about. It's got nothing to do with writing songs and playing music. Nothing to nothing. do with writing songs. We we actually we actually uh hosted someone that had a Canadian grant. We actually knew them. Oh, we're from the wow. last tour we were on in uh, 2019. They came back around. I mean, everyone we, wants to know their secrets. Hey, how'd you do it? <laughs> you want me to tell you what their secret was? <laughs> huh. They were queer. Oh, well, there you go. And that's what the grant required. Um, <laughs> I, I want to write more into the private chat about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, the, we, we collected money for them at the end of the night. Yeah. And the very, very nice. No, thank you. <laughs> we're we're fine. And they were doing a cross country wow. run. Wow. Those grants, it, it sounds great. But there's a gajillion bands out there. They're all not going to get grants. Yeah, yeah. So well, because because again, so this is an exception that prove, proves a rule, right? There's like most bands in like the working class or working poor of, of musicians, of which I'm asking me on Tuesday and ask me on Thursday. It might be a different answer which one I'm in. But I, they're not going to qualify for such things. They may not even know such things exist. But nowadays, you have to, you know, you have to be your own manager. You have to be your own tour manager. You have to be like a, basically be an Instagram influencer to get anybody to pay attention to anything. Otherwise, people won't see your dates. They won't see your record. They won't see any of that stuff. And all of this is just like, well, that's what you have to do now. What? Why? I, because it because it benefits these these walled garden platforms. And well, let me, let me, yes, let because me that is exactly why. Let me ask you how you feel about this. So, and and I think this is on point to what we're talking about with Bandcamp. Oh, and Bandcamp did not do that. 
and that's I I should point out that like so that was like a, a notable thing about Bandcamp is they they're not making you like sing and dance like a monkey you know no you just put your stuff up there and and if people want it great it's there and people don't it's also fine but they I... they have but if you're curious about new stuff they had avenues to discover it real discovery not none of this like playlist algorithm bs where it's like oh yeah you give me like 200 bucks on the side i'll make sure you come up after great well, is, but, but is that is it <laughs> okay so what conan's talking about is a very real thing that people don't really realize that spotify doesn't have a magical algorithm that's going to give you new music so if you're listening to i don't know drake you're not going to hear the next drake you're going to hear more drake and whoever toured with drake the Power Man 5000 of Drake. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know what that is. I don't have a clue of that. But, but, That's a deeply esoteric reference, too, by the way. But I, I think you might appreciate that. <laughs> I, I've, there's an article. I'm reading a book. Oh, I wish it was in my room. It's just not in my room anymore. About Spotify. And it's mm-hmm. very, very illuminating, to say the least. And I stole it from Catherine Lou's husband. <laughs> Wow. Um, he was gone. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was your just. He wasn't there. Goes, Why don't you let him know? I was like, no. I'm just gonna take a picture of it, like a ransom photo. Um, it's it's a, it's a it's a newer book. It's a great book. Um, but there's still payola with Spotify. Oh yeah, man. Of course. So with Bandcamp, first of all, I don't think any of the major groups are on there. I don't think Foo Fighters and Metallica's and Drake's. Uh, I don't think they're on there, are they? Some, no, some of the larger labels, uh, larger indie labels, started putting their stuff on there, like Merge, Sub Pop, stuff like that. But if they are, it, it's it's in the auspices of through the label, and uh, yeah, it's not going to be no, like the big, still, not the arena acts yeah. are not going to be on. No, there. no, no way. So so you're not competing. You're not going up against mainstream acts. It literally yeah. is people. I would say kind of like record collector people, not Crosley record player havers, but yeah. But people that are music fans, people, yeah, people that, that are, are excited music. to hear music and to, uh, to find out about new music that they didn't already know about, which is an interesting caveat because that used to be all music lovers, but anyway, different. Story. So, so recently Spotify has thrown out the idea that for 2024, it would no longer pay out royalties to artists that have less than a thousand plays. Um, and I, I looked up right before we went on, it is 1500 plays now are the equivalent to one album sale. Um, <laughs> The the artist um I almost called her Kesha. What's that girl's name? She's from Oakland. White girl, rapper. You know her. I can't think of her name for the life of me. She, had, uh, she was kind of on that sound cloudy tattoo all over the place shit. Um I can't think of her name. Anyway, she just went platinum. Think about Krishan? Yes. Okay. Thank you. See, wow. I, I told you. I told. This you. is like hanging out with Lindsay. She'll pull this stuff out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah I told you. I, and I'll be like, man, I don't know how I got that either, but I somehow. <laughs> it's 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 a white people thing. I wouldn't understand. <laughs> um, Krayshawn recently had a post where she goes, "I just went platinum, off ultimately off streaming, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she signed a major label deal." Yeah. And she tells people, don't buy my record. Don't stream it. I don't get any money from it because I'm in the hole almost $800,000 with the label. Yeah. And they dropped me um, and said I wasn't profitable. Yeah, because because she took that advance. And that she, goes back to well, the well, she had an old, she had an old deal. 
that didn't have streaming yeah. where she was getting paid off jukebox plays. Well, because like what that first uh, mixtape of hers was like, what, 2010 or something? Stream, I mean, streaming. Oh, streaming wasn't a thing. But she said yeah. the majority of her plays were coming from from online stuff. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, here's this online success. We'll throw out a record. Everybody will buy it. Nobody bought it. Everybody streamed it. Yeah. She's officially streamed so much that she went platinum, which that's a lot of streams. That's but she's not generating any. That's a lot more than my band. Let's put it that way. <laughs> we do okay. Like when you mentioned that like 1500 stream criteria, I was yeah. thinking about it. And I was like, three of the songs off the new record have done that and it's been out a month. But that's, look, man, they ain't nothing. To be clear, that's that's like 50 cents. So these. And not 50 cent money. I'm talking about 50, no, cent, 50, cents. 50 cents. Yeah, it's literally 50 cents. These, these streaming platforms have a massive catalog of yeah. people releasing music. And one of the things that Spotify is complaining about is because Pandora was different. You had to be approved at Pandora. And they Pandora were, was like, yeah, the, the elite tier of, of like, they're not going to let just anyone in. Right? And that was like a legitimate, like we actually have an algorithmic program that says, if you listen to this kind of music with this many BPMs, that would actually show you something that yeah. maybe you might like. <laughs> Rather than whoever's uh, greasing the wheels. <laughs> so, so all this all this stuff that we think we're discovering, we're not. And what we're ultimately getting is kind of the same thing that we always listen to, like shove right back in our faces. Yeah. Um, what does that mean if Bandcamp goes away, which you're saying you were able to, you know, pay the rent when times were tough? Mm-hmm through your sales and Bandcamp Friday, being strategic with your releases for Bandcamp Friday. Mm -hmm. Also being able to sell your merchandise through there, which was better than any other site you could do. Mm -hmm. You don't have to build a site out, right? You don't, you don't have to learn how to like go into WordPress, put up Shopify and all this. <laughs> all like, that again. stuff, yeah. which costs money and takes a lot of time. Yes. Like you, Mike Cobra. Um, and for the average musician, it may not be cost effective to do merchandise the way we do it here at TIR. The podcast world is extremely different. I'm yeah. not on the goddamn road. Yeah. yeah you know, so I don't need to have a backstock of stuff and a, and a, and a uh, print on demand site makes more sense. Uh, but it doesn't make sense for someone like yourself. No. Because people want the merchandise, especially if it's like, oh, I went to see that guy's show last year and i want to get the dates on the back of the shirt yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know, all that I, I wanted that one when are you remaking that people ask about that damn raccoon design every people are like god damn it <laughs> like we'll remake it someday don't remake it <laughs> collectors item um so what does that mean for you if spotify then goes look we're getting rid of anyone that doesn't have uh a thousand plays which is a a lot more bands that are decent sized bands don't have a million followers even bands that you think should yeah yeah they, that's not how people listen to their stuff you know they're, they're listening to it on like you know a worn out cassette and their freaking uh, uh honda civic i don't know what they're up to but like it, it's doubly annoying so so uh, sidebar i'm gonna forget about this and not to keep knocking spotify but i'm gonna keep knocking spotify that's fine their answer towards like hey why don't you do something like Bandcamp friday that like somebody some hashtag hero asked was, oh yeah, well we're working on that. So their answer <laughs> was to integrate Shopify, a paid service 
where you can uh they'll they'll basically just like turn your artist profile into like you know they say like a merch channel but that, that it, but they they hide it it's like you got to be looking for it you got to pay a monthly fee which is ridiculous uh it, it's 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 like it, it's so stupid because it's like that isn't what people asked for people ask for like why don't you have a, a way of like direct support that isn't donate to your favorite charity that spotify also gets like a little something something on the side it's like mob tactics. And so they, they get to satisfy the criteria of saying, well, we launched a hub for artist merchandise. I'm like, yeah, did you though? Because uh, what they, and, the, and then the, his, can I tell you that my favorite thing, mm-hmm. I go to the Spotify profile of Conan Neutron, the secret friends. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I see a link to buy the protons and electrons compilation LPs. I'm like, from who? And it was like a third party that was like, they're allowing other people to sell my stuff, but they won't allow me to sell my stuff. Wait, 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 So the link on Spotify to sell your record, yeah, doesn't go to a Bandcamp profile or your own website. No, no, no. They were like, you can use Shopify if you sign up for it as a paid service that you can pay a yearly fee or pay a monthly fee, and it's not cheap, by the way. It is not cheap at all, and it's in for. You know, we were we're at the level that maybe it would break even, maybe it would make some money. Like I don't know, but like compared to how it is a band camp, where it's like it doesn't cost nothing. Like when you sell stuff, they take like you know like a buck or whatever. I don't know what it is now. Um, it's nothing like that, and it's just one more thing that if you, again, they're all terrible to be too explicitly clear. All terrible. Pandora's maybe the least terrible out of, out of all of them, but like. Every one of them is trying to teach you how to be an Instagram influencer now, by the way. Like, if you log into the artist page, like, every one of them is like, well, you got to do this. And for your release, you better have, like, you know, seven videos ready. And you better have your Instagram reels. And, and, and it's like, what does this have to do with, like, the, the selling of music and, like, the playing of music and, like, sharing music with people? And the answer is nothing. It's what they want you to do so you can, like, maybe, possibly probably not have a viral hit and great generate more traffic for them because you are content you are the content of this situation so i'm not surprised to hear of uh you know creation uh you know getting getting the ass end of it because uh it came up at the worst time where whereas like oh everybody was like getting really into like oh check this out i can listen to anything i want for free i got all i gotta do is pay like six bucks and it's like yeah that's never gonna end well and again there is no ethical streaming as, as it stands right now there it does not exist you the artist will not get paid and uh the act of selling music itself is um with the exception of Bandcamp, almost like a dinosaur except for physical media that people buy and a lot of times uh, are they all playing the records probably not but they want a physical artifact right are they even wearing the shirt i, I mean hopefully <laughs> i see i see pictures and that's cool you know i, I, I yeah you know i um but the nice thing about Bandcamp is that a lot of people don't buy digital downloads. Are they downloading? Who cares? I didn't have to get, send anything on the U.S. Postal Service. Remember when I came on, I was yelling about the uh, Postmaster and how they they were basically screwed up? Three the, years uh, ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, that dude is still there. <laughs> oh, the uh, yeah. Louis DeJoy, still there. Nothing has it's changed. A Trump, it's a Trump appointment. He ruined the U.S. Postal Service. He ruined and not one person. I haven't heard one person talk about Louis DeJoy in the post office in Biden's four years in office. It's not like it's gotten better. Can I tell you, I'm looking, looking at this Time Magazine headline from 2023. Louis DeJoy's surprising second act. Initially cast as a Trumpian villain, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy is quietly delivering for Postal Service and Democrats. 
All right. Fuck that. No, what that man did was ruin media mail. And if you are live on the margin and you're selling stuff, I'm not even talking about bands. Now. I'm talking about if you make like macrame or or, or like you know novelty uh, um, hair pins or something, you are sending stuff through the U.S. Postal Service. And it used to be the media mail was a special tier, and they actually made it for advertising circulars and things along those lines. But uh, both records and CDs qualify. It was kind of uh, books. It, 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 books, yeah, and it is a way to not have people pay priority mail prices, which kept going up, 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 and continue to go up under Louis DeJoy, which, again, all comes down to that. I, mean, I, mean, I feel like people just go back to that episode because I was just as incensed about it, and I was probably more active. I think it's episode 20, and we're on episode 524. But it was yeah. to pre-fund the pensions, which, is, which was a poison pill they put in around like the uh, on the Bush era. And so they finally got they got around to like sorting that out. So that's the one thing they did, but that's what was the excuse for the constant raising of prices. And really, the constant raising of prices was uh, for UPS and for FedEx to basically get in, get in on the outside. That, that's really the reason why. So this dude, almost single-handedly as Postmaster General, like had like the greatest effect, which was to the shitification of the U.S. Postal and, Service. Really, well, well, okay, so you're talking to. about this. Uh, that's also brings up. And all the Democrats cared about was, well, what about the mail-in ballots? Man, fuck the mail-in ballots. What about like the livelihood of people that like do not like work like explicitly nine to five jobs and use on this for their livelihood? Well, that never. Speaking of that, record trading, but but record trading has been a, a, a livelihood sure. for people over the last Discogs. ten years. Yeah. Discogs is raising their shipping price. Yep. And people are complaining about that because it's like, look, you, you're raising this price. We were already on the margins. This is record trading. But we were able to, to make a few bucks. Um, what does that say about our reliance in this digital world that we live in? And I know I'm probably sounding like an old man yelling at trains right now, but it is kind of one of those fears that people always get. You know, Sonny, there's nothing like good old fashioned going to the show. Um, I can tell you right now, they they did like four raises of postage in like a two year period, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you probably remember mm-hmm. uh, that like when they raised the stamp price, what 1990 or something, everyone like lost their minds, and it mm-hmm. was like, oh no, it's what 22 cents now. It's what 22 cents. Oh my god, how for a letter? You know, <laughs> like losing their mind, and 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 they like just consistently raise prices now, and it's, it's like whatever. It's just nobody ever brings it up. No one talks about it. Uh, they are raising. First of all, they decided to get rid of um, first class postage now, and they're calling it some oh. some other dumb thing. Uh, and it's it, that's getting more expensive too now. Great. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's just that more of that inshitification. But it comes down to this with Bandcamp. At least when people bought. Like, say, like, look, I do have, like, a large quantity of records, but I am not a record collector. So, for me, if I really, really, really love a band, I'll I'll buy the record, too. Like, I I have every long record, as a for instance, right? But there's bands I'm like, hey, I want to support them. I'm just going to buy a download of this record. I actually maintain my own digital library still (laughs) to this day that I have since there was a first and I there was an iPod. But Mm -hmm. I am wildly atypical that way. The important thing is that like it's, it's it's a way to show support. It's a way to like literally provide <laughs> direct action, direct money to the artist in question. That uh, average Bandcamp Friday um, was paying 10, 20 times more than like three months of streaming services 
wow. at the apex of it. And I'm not even, if anything, I'm underselling it, right? Because I'm not even taking into account. And that's after like all the shipping costs, right? Because if the shipping, if the shipping costs hadn't been uh, screwed up by the postal service, it would, the margin would even be, would be even better. But then though, here's the worst thing. When they kept jacking up the prices, sometimes maybe you forget to update what it is when they go on the order link. And then it's like, oh man, I'm losing money on this. Mm-hmm. I'm losing money on people buying records. I mean, and, yeah. and I'm on it. I'm, and there's so many artists that like, it's it, again, that comes down to the fact that like, they didn't sign up to like, uh, to do an Etsy store, but of course they want to get their music out into the world. So, but the nice thing about Bandcamp is you're able to buy digital, whether that makes you just like have like a library that you stream and maybe you never download it, but nothing has to be shipped. Nothing has to be shipped and it's easy and it's simple and people trusted it. And it isn't like there, there was a trust. Website. There is a trust factor in that. And you know, all the music for the show, of course I do all the music for the show mm-hmm. and I started releasing it uh, two, three years ago. I started like putting it on Bandcamp exclusively because Spotify for a time, you had to go through a distributor to get your stuff on Spotify yeah. and that distributor would go collect royalties. So anytime your stuff would be on YouTube, they would collect royalties in your behalf, even though you are the writer of the song, YouTube and Spotify have changed that system in the last three years to make it a little easier for royalty collection. Um, so I've been slowly re putting stuff on Spotify. Um, but Bandcamp. I wouldn't say it paid the rent for me, but it definitely helped me on some real tight <laughs> weeks. I was shocked. Uh, I was like, oh, people bought some stuff for me. That's awesome. Now I can, no, it's I, like, I can run down the grocery store. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not, not rocking uh, the ramen today. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I, I, I myself, I'm... Uh, not advantage and in the, in the, that that's what they're calling i i understand losing a site like this is rough it, but also it's oakland right it's it's a bay area spot yeah. that i used to see all the time um touring still exists but with rising gas prices venues closing at a rapid rate venues still trying to make up losses from 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. if they're still open it's harder for bands to play that can't guarantee a crowd youtube is more profitable for a lot of new younger artists. What does this mean for the future of live music? Well, I mean, that's a very good question because I, there's a lot of people asking themselves that right now. You know, I have no interest whatsoever in like playing acoustic guitar at the camera. Not my deal. I'm sorry. You, you did a little ting voice. <laughs> I'm not saying some of the songs wouldn't translate. I'm just saying it is not my vibes. And, you know, no, no stress to anyone that like does like doing that. But I mean, that's <laughs> look, man, I'll, I'll go raise alpacas. <laughs> uh, and, and if you are someone that like me has never stopped making records, has never stopped touring, it's not as daunting, I think, uh, as it is maybe for like someone like new to the game where like they don't, they don't just don't have any contacts. They don't, they don't have like, cities that they know okay when we get to seattle it's going to be good that will be a good show and we can kind of like take a risk on like playing (laughs) eugene or whatever and like see how that rolls uh my answer for that is like how it works is like we'll just be cone neutron and that's a terrible that's terrible advice i wouldn't wish it on an enemy well i i I was but like people that are coming up now they don't have any of those frame of references they don't but then also by the same token 
you can go book a tour on Instagram on DMs. <laughs> but it's but here, here's the thing though that kind of blew my mind. But are you doing it for fun? Or are you trying to make it sustainable? The the capitalist mindset is so in young artists that building community through playing all these shows is so foreign to them that it's yeah. really about the end result of is this profitable? And in reading uh no, I watched an interview where there was a young woman who was like a big time YouTube performer and she went on a mm -hmm. tour and it was her first ever tour. And I think she had the opening slot and she, and it was a three band bill and they were playing like, I think 200, 300 seat rooms, maybe 500 seat rooms. Yeah. And, uh, which in the grand scheme of things, that's still small, but for people like me and kind of like, that's pretty that's big. Great. That sounds awesome. <laughs> pretty big run. <laughs> I jump on that tour. Um, yeah. Sounds good. And <laughs> when do we leave? <laughs> I don't remember if it was a buy-on. I think she had bought on. I'm not 100% uh, sure. That's a whole separate thing. Yeah. But but she had she had made this comment. She goes, this is so expensive, and it doesn't make sense to me to do. This kind of seems like a stupid thing to do. Yeah. So when I see these people sitting at home going, what would it sound like if Taylor Swift did Inner Sandman? Uh, and they get $10 million views on it and they're getting they you know, yeah. 20 million on instagram and and because people love stuff they already know and they love nonsense those are the two things that they love it's it's like i get where they're coming from but is the future of music demolition man where we're all singing jingles you know, having virtual. I didn't expect to have Demolition Man in, uh, invoked in this episode, <laughs> but here we are. All right. Well, that that's how I always feel whenever I see like, um, whenever I go to a show like yours. And granted, it's, it's an older crowd, right? Because we're all older dudes, and even the headliner was older than me and you. Um, I'm like, I see videos of some of the younger bands doing pretty well. And I, mm -hmm. I have friends and some that are much younger than you and I doing, doing all right. But there's a lot of festivals that people yeah. play and festivals and regular touring are two totally different things. <laughs> Almost completely unrelated in a lot of ways. <laughs> we talked about that on the hip hop show, especially yeah. when there was a payout. Um, and you look at what's really popular yeah. with people and and you start looking okay well what are the top downloaded songs what's the top streaming songs Ugh. and it's all artists that have been around forever even yeah. ed sheeran is not a young artist anymore it's people that got in before the world changed they, they yeah. had, had, had enough of a degree of success or are just enough of degree of of having getting their name out there it doesn't even matter if it was good dude I, there's Look, there's some 90s bands that I can invoke that like have a career. I'm like, yeah, that band was a joke. If you mentioned that band's name, that was because you were trying to talk trash on someone. <laughs> and I'm trying to be nicer in my uh, advancing years. <clears throat> so I'm not going to name them right now. But like, they're they're doing fine. They're playing these same festivals. They get to have a nice little sustainable career. They get to, you know, dust off the wheels. Hey, we're getting the band back together, playing our middling mediocre music in front of middling mediocre people. And you know, good on them. I'm not mad about that. I'm just like, why is there this constant nostalgia loop? I mean, I've I've seen it happen like with bands I know, mm -hmm. bands I know, where it's, where it's like, okay, you're just you're doing that, huh? Okay. <laughs> but when like, there's bands that we both have a lot of admiration for. We were talking about black bands before the show started, and you know, 
I'll say this on air. One of my biggest pet peeves it was someone brings up the band Death to me. Not the death metal band that I will be talking about live November 18th in the San Francisco Bay Area. But these three brothers from uh, from Detroit. It's an obscure band from Detroit that was Thank discovered you. by Henry Owens from Chunk Club about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, now I'm so mad. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot where I was going with that. Now I'm so mad. The people are trying to like act like you know I knew them way back. The fuck you. Oh. <laughs> no, you did not. You did not. Sir. Um, live live music. Jesus, I'm so sorry, Conan. Just thinking about that made me so angry. Uh. <laughs> I like we we actually on the B sides compilation. Uh, there is actually a a cover of the Detroit band Death on there because I I think that record rips. But I I also. I didn't know about them for like what exactly. 2012 or they whatever. Chunks brought my attention. Yeah. But but bands that are like influ- this is where I'm getting so influential bands like Fishbone. Yeah. It's been around forty plus years. Actually it was two thousand eight, I guess, that they that, that Chunklet did that. So the documentary was two thousand eight? No, no, not the documentary. Documentary came oh, later. When, the, when the initial um Henry uh, being like, Hey, check this out. Um Fishbone's been around for forty plus years. And I won't say all their records are great. I won't That's good because they're not. <laughs> I, I won't say every lineup they've had has been f- phenomenal, but I will say there's phenomenal players in that band all the time. Well, they, and they've always been a consistently badass live act. Too. An amazing live band. Yeah. This is Even a, bands that like are great live bands themselves. Like, oh, Fishbone, man, they're no joke. I've, I've never heard anybody <laughs> say, oh, they're, they're okay. But you, no, don't like, that like, legit. you don't have to like them. Yeah. You get people like, yeah, it's not my thing. Like, I get that. But those are the original members are amazing musicians. They actually have a pretty solid, solid yeah. chord now. But those guys are still playing small rooms. Yeah. Forty some years into the game. Sure. And, and but they like doing it too. But that's that, and that's also you can find it. I mean, Melvin's are a great example too, right? You can find like a niche of just like, well, they know their people are going to come out, and like maybe they're not going to be. Uh, something where they're uh, getting like a brand new audience every year. But, but you know what? And you know, you play with one of the Melvins. You literally record your music with Dale Crover. Absolutely. Oh, wow. But think myself sometimes. Lindsay's dentist is impressed by that. (laughs) Lindsay's Stone's wife. Uh, They're playing bigger rooms than, than Fishbone. Oh, no, a hundred percent. And by the way, there's a crossover there. Um, The guy, uh, trumpet player for Fishbone is on, uh, stag he's in the third song on stag no oh, really yeah, yeah yeah uh but but the, the thing is but they're old school they're they're like they're from that they like doing it you know they they like doing it and they have their people they'll come out to it and like they're but they're in a weird niche it's not cool to like talk about fishbone i don't know i don't understand like i mean why is it Look, man, why is it not cool to talk about Kona Neutron? That's my main. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. But I, I say I say that because they're one of those bands <laughs> watching that documentary that comes out like 2010, 2011. Oh, uh, Unlimited Sunshine, I think. Uh, Everyday it? Sunshine. Everyday Sunshine, yeah. There we go. Uh, which is kind of depressing, yeah. right? It, it, uh, isn't, it isn't like the Anvil documentary, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> it is antithetical to the Anvil documentary. Yeah, that one's a bummer. Like, um, because there, there's lines where they're like, why do we... Why are he we... got the drill out. He's doing the drill. And, oh, Jesus. All right. 
like do you ever watch stuff like i want to know a real uh, let's be honest for a second let's let's be real dark and jason and conan hanging out the post-show tour van talking sad stories do you ever think about when is the time to hang it up and are there ever signs like okay band camps might be going the way of the dodo yeah um spotify has never really paid me you know these knees can't keep doing the splits <laughs> that's the other thing man you like i look at some of his videos and man i'm doing all these kicks i'm like going down <laughs> you know you, good do, show. you know in san francisco you do a kick and by the time you get to phoenix you're like i pulled a groin ah, in san francisco, my you know? I go. yeah exactly. <laughs> show's over you know yeah, I, not- I don't, am, am i gonna be able to do that like when i'm when i'm 60 probably not you know uh but like for me, I enjoy the process of doing it. I like making records. I like touring. I like the live act experience. I like the communitarian experience of playing with another, like finding another cool band and like you, know, you play with them and like you like you know nerd out about stuff together, and like you know having people like look, I you know I wasn't gonna come out and then like my friend you know posted about it or something and I loved it. It was great. You know, give me one of everything. You know, mm-hmm. like I love those kinds of experiences. I'm not doing it because it, because it pays well. It don't. It does not pay well at all, but I'm doing it because I, it's because the art is there first of all. And that, and, and I'm in a weird spot. Like I feel like most people that have been around as long as I have, they're, they're either like well-known or hobbyists. And I'm neither one. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in this weird middle ground, right? It's much more um, than a hobby, but certainly not a lifestyle, but it, it's something where it's, I don't, I would never stop unless it became became bad or if just like if the audience disappeared, like in the way that like if I made hair metal and the like audience disappeared overnight and then like some of these fools like, you know, like, oh, what are you trying to do? Rebrand with this leg. Oh, it sounds like Nine Inch Nails now. Fuck out of here. You, you leave faster pussycat out of this. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? But that's also assuming you're chasing trends. Like I've, I've, I've always kind of made something that's, um, that is that's honest and true to itself mm. now here's the thing with that it's not a recipe for for mainstream success and it's, it, it's honestly like can be inscrutable for people to even figure out but if the people that are into stuff that's just that is that it's always going to be there and like it's kind of hard to go wrong you're not gonna have to be like oh man we gotta <laughs> we gotta l- write some swing songs because swing is really in right now jesus christ <laughs> I remember that time. Yeah, that happened. That ha- people try to forget all the time. Like, no, I was there and it happened. <laughs> that was a, a blip. <laughs> look at look at swingers. <laughs> yeah, Brian Brian Setzer was back. Oh man, he sure was. God, was he uh, a hell of a player though. We got to give him props. Hell of a player. So if Bandcamp goes away tomorrow, uh, or or more likely it becomes like a shadow. It becomes the MP3.com or the Friendster Oof. of of, of uh, what it is, right? Pure volume. Pure volume. <laughs> Reverb, yeah, reverb, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way it goes, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I, I think that um, <laughs> I that something's gonna take its place. I, I just refuse to believe that it's a model that works. And what I what I, what I wish is that these companies that if you're doing something and it's like it's not people aren't starting a corporation to. to give back to the community like they're going to make money it's literally in the corporate chart the corporate charters you have to make money you're beholden to the shareholders make as much money as possible that's that's one of the problems with corporations if you, if you watch the movie the corporation you can learn all about that uh but 
it's a model that has provided communitarian value almost by accident and allows people, a lot of bunch of people to have a day job. We were like, I'm not skull fucking the world today. This is, this is, I'm doing something cool. You know, I'm like turning people on to like bands that they maybe don't know. And, you know, maybe if you're working the back end, you're like helping bands, like figure out how to do whatever. You had someone like doing something that was like not soul drainingly terrible, where your, your value was not being extracted on a daily basis. So of course it couldn't last. <laughs> right? Uh, and like what song trader you got you gonna do with it? I don't know, nothing good. Laying off half your half your staff after there's like call for union unionization. I mean Well, a lot of the music adults here. <laughs> a lot of the music on Bandcamp is weird. Like I yeah. get to make weird music. I may have, I made it before bank, but, but you know, yeah. and, and uh, sometimes you have a platform to share with people. But, yeah. And if people dig it, right. It's, yeah. And they want to place music for people that want to sell more cheeseburgers or more. It's going to become a tiered system. Like everything yeah. else that like, yeah. so, again, everybody just dislocated shoulder, patting themselves on the back about, uh, you know, the tiered model for um, net neutrality, which by the way, like, when everyone got worked up about that last time, I was like, yeah, you were 10 years too late. That that war already happened and was lost. Like what you're doing right now is just like divvying up the scraps. But ultimately, it's going to become more like everything else, which is to say bad and to say uh, only favoring things that are already known and only feeding you back this endless feedback loop of nostalgia and sound alikes and, and uh, shameless uh, soulless uh, uh, just charlatans. Basically, because what they're going to do is reward uh, that kind of production. And it, it, it comes down, you can look at what happened with advertising for years and years and years. And we talked about this on this very show that it was like, if you call someone a sellout, man, that was like about the worst possible thing you could, you could yeah. call them. Right. And then and then this new generation, right, like how it is now, it's like, oh, like that's not even like in the conversation anymore. It's that's like, what I'm trying to do. Yeah, if that that's that's people's goals. I want to get an Apple commercial. I want people to hear my stuff, right? And so, and then you have the then you have the like, well, that's cool and everything, but we can just pay these like people with these expensive studios or like you know nice computer systems at home to make something that sounds close enough to that to avoid litigation that mm-hmm. like serves the purpose of what it is. We don't want to pay ZZ Top. We'll get a ZZ Top sound alike. We don't want to pay pavement. We want to get like a pavement sound alike. And you get people that are like, great, I will do that because I am desperate and I want money and I need to fool myself into thinking that I'm making money on music. Mm. And so you have that model, right? And so that model is going to be like what, what's happening writ large. Like what actually gets distributed is like, well, sure, it's a band. It sounds exactly like payment because people like payment. Okay, well, fine. But like, what what about a band that sounds like Tropical Fuckstorm? I don't know. Like that's, if they got in, <laughs> if they got in, if they didn't get in, it, it'll be... Um, Locked outside the airlock is, is what it's going to be for everybody. Okay. I have, this is my last question that I wrote out for you. Mm-hmm. But I apologize. I didn't send you sooner. That's, that's not what a good friend. Does. I think on my feet. That's, uh, you know. Well, you know, I also wasn't worried about you. Some people would be like, oh, I might say this. I might do this other thing. <laughs> I know you, so I'm not really worried. Um, for many musicians um, that have music on Bandcamp, it doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. Nobody will hear it. Music isn't their life. It's a hobby. Many will go on tour, and I'm using that term loosely, and the tour will not be funded by their music, but by their day job. Mm-hmm. 
And that's kind of a vast majority of people that have music on. Which there's nothing wrong with, by the way. If that's no, like, no. I, li- I like doing this. This is like what I do instead of golfing or like having like a boat <laughs> or something. You know, great. It you ain't me, but like that's... Lucky boat. Um, why? <laughs> why should people care if Spotify and Pandora get bigger at the expense of banking? Well, again, because first of all, there are walled gardens that are not founded in fairness. So just from from the jump, like what you're dealing with is uh, a, a profiteering a middle management tier uh, that is going to be extracting all of the content from the uh, bands in question. And again, it, it is the contentification of art as well. You will not get any art. You will get art if it profits the um, wall garden to do so. And that's not to say that people can't still hear what you know their buddies up to oh my buddy released a record it's really good you know he wrote songs great if you that works if, if all you care about is playing to your friends and uh you know making records for your friends fine internet it, it, you will have small and uh circles within circles of influence that you can do that the reason why people should be worried is because what's going to happen is is what look at what's happened with television right when you have these um like the just good enough shows where it's like and movies where it's like yeah this is just good enough we just have to have a lot of content on because we need people coming back and paying that monthly fee there needs to be something on here that people like keep that subscription going for but it needs to be just good enough doesn't have to be good it has to be just good enough so just good enough then becomes like the end goal and why because that's the way that we've always been doing it, it doesn't even matter how it started in the first place so what you're going to get is you're going to get more of the stuff that sounds the same you're going to get more of the uh what a gretaphon fleet and like uh you know there's, there's a lot of bands i could name and <laughs> uh, but i'm not going to where it's like it sounds like stuff you already know mm-hmm. and that's what you're going to get because it's because there's going to be no model or market for anything other than that now if all you care about is making music for yourself and for your friends who cares it's fine all right well then maybe you're, you're not part of this discussion but if you care about culture if you care about providing some avenue for work to be done as a musician, and it is indeed that work, which is to say that the boomer generation poisoned uh, a lot of things. Almost famous should be a war crime because everybody thinks that's what being a band is. And uh, it is absolutely not. And there are no models for anything uh, that is just like a working band at this moment in time in popular culture. Like there is no model for what I do, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just anything where it's like, you know, you're doing it and it's sustainable and that's okay. It's not seen as a failure. It doesn't have to constantly be growing. It's art. It exists on its own self. And just people would say, well, it's extra. Art is extra. Art is not extra. Art is a necessity for the living human being <laughs> who has any connection to anything other than like staying alive for the next day for reasons unknown so if you want those experiences and you don't want it to be a closed circuit a children of men i keep using movie analogies a children of men of uh just the same references the same types of bands the same types of records you know people cranking out the just good enough records where it's like yep that sounds like a record by them all right then you have to pay attention to this right now and this is a big deal and i'm not saying that like there's a curative action for it right now other than I sure hope something comes up and takes the place of what Bandcamp was, because the, the warning signs right now is that it's 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 everything that's good about it is going to be ruined. And 
it's never a good sign when you just start laying off workers, especially when like the people are what makes it special and interesting and, and have the difference between like, Oh yeah, the AI is answering your questions rather than like an actual human being. And it is alarming. And it, and, it, and it's, uh, there hasn't been something like this within the, uh, the working class of the music world it, for a very long time, because we've almost gotten complacent in the fact that, well, there's one outlet where, you know, you you can get a little something back from me. You can, you can meet your expenses. You can um, again, you can pay a bill or two. <laughs> you can get the good ramen because you got that Bandcamp payday. And uh, I think there's a lot of pride with it as well. Because if you couple this with the fact that like everybody's again trying to be an Instagram influencer, try to project this image of success, you know, no one wants to be like, "Hey, man, buy these T-shirts. I need to get some cat food." <laughs> like, did you just come off a great tour? Yeah, I still need to buy this cat food though. Yeah, that's why I need to buy cat food. I came on this fucking tour. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we've lost with digital music. Uh, last night we had a. It seems more disposable now, right? Like it seems like more disposable. Well, you know, okay, look, I want to show this image. So the poster for Kayfabe mm-hmm. was designed by a young artist, uh, Andrew Milhern. Um, and there's no stock photos in this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's new art. It's not. It's, it's new. It's new art. Something that we both kind of brainstormed. Well, he asked me what I wanted, and I and I had some ideas, and this is what we put together, right? Yeah. Talking to him, this young man, was kind of a sad conversation in a sense because he's like, yeah, there's people just want to use stock photos. You can go to Canva. And there's a whole section in Canva for album covers. True. When you back in our day, many moon ago, you know, uh, you, you, <laughs> you probably went and uh, and xeroxed a, a hand drawn cover that your artist friend drew for like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, if that, like a six pack of beer. <laughs> but but there was a process in in doing that that wasn't so easy and simple. So. There's many changes, even the way that we record our music. We both started making music in the 90s where you had to know someone that had equipment. Yeah, you, they can get you in like after midnight to go track a song. Right? Right? You, like after the painting. You know you can go to the college and record yeah, your yeah, thing yeah. at one in the morning. Expression Center for New Media. Expressions. Are you even a Bay Area artist if you've never recorded that expression? And everyone's like, oh, sorry, sir. The entire time because it's all students. Yeah, great. Um, Get what you pay for, as it turns out. But 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 uh, is this just another one of those things like the times are just a change and we need to, to adapt? I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yes and no. And, and so here, here's and, – and again, I, when, I, when I come in this show, I, I try not just to uh, be a street prophet ranting about things. I try to actually provide some call to action near the end of it, right? Uh, and, and this is what it comes down to is that these systems that are designed to be a closed circuit of uh, nostalgia and approved content, mostly by corporation – see threads, by the way uh, – <laughs> It can be circumvented by things that are real, but it requires powerful advocacy. And by powerful advocacy, I mean like going against the training. And we all have been trained by these these sites, by these apps, whatever you want to call it. We've been trained to like there's certain w- things that you see that you react, and it's they, they've done 
extensive research in what does and doesn't work, right? Because again, it goes back to what I said before. If you're not paying for a product, you are the product. And so it requires breaking that circuit and uh, whether it's, you know, sharing like a, a goof ass video <laughs> on a reel that's got nothing to do with you. It's not like a tour you're on. You don't even know the record. Like maybe you only kind of know the artist, but like it gets that out there that people are like, oh, what's this? And then they, they see some goofy stuff and then they then they go like look at it. By the way, my goofy video came out today by uh, Mark Borchardt of American movie fame, uh, Wild Antics. And it's, it's literally just two and a half minutes of me acting the fool. But I, I shared I shared it on my Instagram. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That you break the circuit by doing what Jello Biafra talked about, which is becoming the media. And we still have that ability. The problem with with the the growth of the influencer and and the growth of uh, the approved channels of uh, where you get your information from is that people forget that they have the power themselves uh, to equate change. Cause people look at it like, well, if I can't reach a hundred thousand people, then why bother? Well, cause you can make a huge difference to a hundred people and it making a huge difference to a hundred people. If you got a hundred people doing that, we'll do the math, man. <laughs> you sorted it all out. And it, 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 there are ways to do it within the current systems, but you shouldn't have to learn those systems just like you shouldn't have to go become like a, 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 a commerce master on WordPress <laughs> to be able to sell your stuff. <laughs> just like you shouldn't have to become like, you know, a, a, a thought on uh, IG to be able to sell a record. So we have to ask ourselves what is actually important to us culturally. And what we have to do is when we find something that does provide value, we need to advocate for that. When I say value, I'm not talking about monetary value uh, here. And that, that, is, that is important. Because we do, in fact, live in a society, as we all know. But we need to be able to address it in such a way that we can positively change our culture with the tools that we have and be realistic about that, but not lose sight of the hope of creating something better, which we still can do. And stuff does sneak through. Bandcamp coming through and being like this direct circuit for artists, as it has been for like years, miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> Because, because in the last like 20 years or so, it's about the only positive movement technology has made that actually helped artists in an intrinsic way monetarily. Because, of course, we, we deal with this poisoned idea, not poisoned idea, poisoned idea of almost famous. That if you're not like a big and famous band, it doesn't matter. You're playing Tuesdays at the Blues Club, right? And it's like, well, no, there's a whole working class of bands. And that's, that's one of the things I, I think it's kind of interesting about. Well, why am I doing this? This documentary um, Eric Fundingsland of uh, Washington did about independent touring. Highly recommend it. It's free on YouTube. Uh, go watch it. Even if you don't, even never toured in your life, don't play music. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting documentary and it will give you an insight into the world that culturally we're still dealing with that same boomer persona of the fact that like, no, well, at some point, if you work hard enough, there's a meritocracy and you're going to become as big as Nirvana. No one will ever be as big as Nirvana again. It's not possible. We have too many substrata sections of uh, smaller subcircles of influence. And it's okay to just do it because you like doing it. And if, because it provides value for the people that it provides value for. I put out these records. I do these tours. And it is for the people that it's for. Would I like to be bigger? Hell yeah, I'd like it to be bigger. <laughs> but it's not my primary motivation. Because look, I'm going to be 46 in December. <laughs> like... It's a minor miracle, again, that, that I'm able to do like what I am able to do. 
But everyone my age is either a hobbyist or way bigger than I am. And I, I've got like this weird little uh, alleyway that, that, that I operate in that seems to work for me. And there's other people that are like that too. But what I do absolutely requires people to kind of step up and, and like, it's not like give me accolades. Like, I don't care about that, obviously, <laughs> but it, it requires becoming the media. It, requ it requires uh, saying like, Hey man, there's this new split record lung and co-neutron secret friends. You ever heard anything like it? It's great. These songs are super catchy. I love it. You know, like, and then, and then you hand it off <laughs> and it can even be like, Hey man, I've I haven't listened to these guys in like forever. I kind of forgot all about them, but like they just dropped this banger. It's cool. Uh, it doesn't have to be for independent artists too. It could be for bigger artists as well. Marnie Stern is back. Marnie Stern coming on Protonic Reversal, uh, not tomorrow, but next Thursday at the time of this recording. So excited! I love Marnie Stern. She has been playing. The reason why she's been putting out records is she's playing in uh that talk the talk show host uh, band. Um, with uh, the guys from like Savvy Fab and all that, you know what I'm talking about. Um, no, to tell people who Marnie Stern is. Well, Marnie Stern is this awesome singer songwriter, like female shredder. I'm only bringing up the female part of it because that's kind of a big deal. Uh, she's uh, just shredder guitar player who put these great records um, and just real, just insane musicianship, really cool. And she stopped. She had a few kids, but she didn't really stop because she's been in the late night with Seth Meyers band for. I, I, I don't know, eight years, nine years, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. She just recorded a new record and it's been like hard to get for the, I was talking to the folks that we're working with. It's been hard to get the word out for Marty Stern, who literally plays a, a band I, I on late ask, night television. I want to ask this last question to you. Cause, cause when you said you're turning forward, we're the same age. Yeah. Um, Marty Stern's great, by the way. And everyone, it's, it's called hard. The Comeback Kid is the name of that record. So I'm gonna, It's hard to get press. Nice. <laughs> we have to admit, it's hard to get press the older you get, right? Because you're not the hot new thing anymore. Exactly. And you don't have a band full of young, hot new things. You have a band full of like really great professionals that have mm -hmm. played in large bands and small bands. Age appropriately attractive. Age, age appropriately <laughs> attractive. I will, yeah. That's... <laughs> I try to stay quiet about that. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, it it kind of goes back to the last question. How hard is it when you know you're kind of Sisyphus with the rock, right? You're like, I'm, I don't even know why I'm going up this hill anymore because no one's going to talk about me. If a band full of 40 somethings. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's women in it. We're still a band full of forty somethings. Yeah. Um. We none of us had that level of commercial success. Like I'm going to be in a room full of dudes, uh, next Saturday, in the Bay Area, that had relative success. But yes. if you sit down and like really, like really talk to them, because it's really sometimes it's hard to pull back certain layers with people because there is something you want to protect about, you know, what you did and who you are in the whole music sure. world. Sure. Um, but you know, you guys weren't the big four big, but you still definitely bigger than me. Um, and they're having kind of a resurgence to your point about you know people love what they what they remember. Mm -hmm. And these guys are getting be able to do festivals in their fifties and stuff like that. But if you've never had a certain modicum of success, you know we came along after 
all that hype around you know certain scenes within the bay area of uh, punk and, and metal and hardcore and there were no magazines covering us on a national uh, level like these dudes had so we didn't walk in the door with record deals and publicity and mtv was already different by the time uh we we came to be you know getting on there was the struggle mm-hmm. 120 minutes if you're lucky oof or a headbangers ball or headbangers yeah. ball if you're me yeah. you know 120 <laughs> minutes if you're conan and and uh it, it is it is kind of sad to see this thing go because there's a lot of people our age i saw it going to see you play in san francisco i took some video i took pictures from you know i was sitting kind of in the back of the crowd so i can get one of those good crowd shots so you know people really were there right, yeah yeah <laughs> there, there's there's actually people at the show um it, it's you kept asking me, and there, you weren't the only person because I ran into some people that I knew. They were like, "Do you miss it?" And I was like, "There's aspects of it I miss." <laughs> Look, ask me on a bad day if I miss it. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, "But <laughs> <laughs> I was I was there for loading. I saw you guys like loading stuff in. I was like, I don't miss it. No, <laughs> My back doesn't hurt right now." And that's an easy load in too. It wasn't in the snow or nothing. No, you know, put the gear. Yeah, yeah. If you're from California <laughs> and you're touring somewhere where it's gonna snow, you are not ready to load in. You are not equipped physically, and you you don't have the right footwear. But yeah, but seriously, yeah, that's real. Like I I understand you have to love it. I just to a certain degree, you better. I mean, like, so what you're talking about is, first of all, there's the idea that music itself is a young person's game. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is holdover from most when most of these musical genres were young. Like, of course, it was a young person's game because they, these were young genres. Now we're dealing with the fact that you have like, like, yeah. of course, you have like. You have like punk rock yeah. bands that are that are coming back that like are going for a victory lap and whatnot where it's like this not you wouldn't have thought, thought of it as yeah as music that like would be able to get old right mm-hmm. so and i think that uh it's notable to me because so many of our viewpoints have evolved and changed about like you know who isn't and isn't allowed to uh be in the zeitgeist or, or whatnot even the idea of like Look at like a movie from the late eighties when they portrayed someone who's forty five versus now. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you had like, you know, Steve Martin looking like he was like sixty five. Like it was it was like that man's forty five? He's supposed to be like forty years old in parenthood. Yeah. Yeah, parenthood, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh and so but we're at a point where you know, in some case at least at least where uh, we're living longer, it's Look, if if you're if you're able to get out and get people like a show or like a, a record or something that people want to hear, go get it, go get it. Even if not, like just go do it. Like, what's what? Why get mad about it? I don't have to see it. It's not being forced on me, you know. <laughs> I, and and for me, again, I'm in a unique position where there is an audience for what I do. One of the reasons why there's an audience for what I do is I've just never stopped. I never stopped. I didn't like stop and come back. I just never stopped. And there's a lot more to it than just that. But like, I can't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> it's just how I've chosen to live my life. So what I liked about Bandcamp as it has been in the past, getting back to the, the, the main topic of the show, is that 
everybody gets to, to be in there. You you got like the Etsy table that's just like, hey man, I make these paper clips. All right. <laughs> and then you got like you know like the the smorgasbord uh, at the same time, and like you know it's like oh they have like you know three of these and like every bazaar, and it's all and it's all there. And it was something where it was founded in fairness, which is actually surprising for anything with music because basically the overcorrection from when downloading started and that and Napster first came out, the overcorrection from that has been overwhelmingly uh, negative uh, for musicians and the overcorrection of Facebook to MySpace because it was maybe a little bit too easy to make a band profile and then start like you know, hitting people up. Hey man, check us. All right, whatever. I won't do that. Uh, that it was inherited again in that same way of like the gorillas in the cage, right? Like it's, it's the same way, <laughs> like, you know, they don't know why they do. It's just the way they've always done it. That like, it was just carried forward and carried forward. Uh, so will there be something that takes this place? Man, I sure hope so. Or I heard, I hope that like maybe enough people like yelling at song trader, uh, that like, Hey man, you're doing this all wrong. Maybe they'll, uh, wise up and then realize that they have something very special on their hands and not just extract value from it. But I don't know. I'm skeptical. And, and it's, it's, if Bandcamp goes away tomorrow, I'm still putting out records. I'm still putting, doing new t-shirt designs. I'm still going on tour. Guess I got to learn how to do that. <laughs> Woo commerce, whatever it is. <laughs> it's called a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, lo- I'm not looking for it by the way, but, uh, but whatever, whatever it needs to be, I'll do it because I, enjoy doing it and if if people are like hey man it's too much for me i'm tapping out i get it <laughs> i fully get it like much in the same way that like i'll, I'll hear from folks when i play the towns that they they live in can't do it can't come out I'm like, it's all good i get it mm-hmm. you know if it isn't for like uh you know for a long time it was like i don't feel comfortable going out shows covid okay fine you know like whatever they got kids they got this that the other you know i i get it i understand all i'm saying is that like i enjoy doing this and i'm going to continue doing this until it becomes bad or until it becomes so brutal that it's just like you know, the road or something where, where it's like a, <laughs> hey playing a rock show over here oh yeah we're eating this guy over here <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe that that'll be time to stop for me. I don't know. And can we send a shout out to the promoter that put on um, bottom of the hill Sunday morning shows? Oh yeah, yeah, the, the afternoon barbecue shows. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Shout um, out to Mike. Yeah, Mike's good, man. Like those were so those were so formative as a Bay Area thing too. Of just like you could you knew you could go down to the bottom of the hill in the afternoon, get some killer barbecue, and see some rad bands. And people would do it. And like, I would go back. I don't even know who the hell's playing. It don't matter. And like, I, there's times that like I saw bands. I'm like, wow, this is great. I never even watched these guys. This is awesome. So that's a perfect example of kind of, uh, you know, taking the Joe Biafra model of becoming the media, right? Like, well, avenues of discovery, they're still available. And, and it so happened that like, apparently that Sunday barbecue show, enough to bring out enough old timers. They ain't never seen this band play before where I'm like, wow, I haven't seen you in 15 years. I saw a lot of that with you. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> what have you been doing?" <laughs> Sadly, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to say what's up to Mike. Um, but you know, he's one of those guys. Go that, you're talking about. Oh, Mike, uh, uh, who did uh, the uh, yeah, RWS? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, these are people. These promoters that are, that bother to do nights like that. They're not rich people, and they are doing it because they love it. Yeah. I mean, he's the love of the game, really. I mean, it's what, it, and, and there's, and there's a bunch of freaks, and I say that with peace and love in my heart. That you got to be a little bit of a freak to, to get, because it certainly is not going to win you any awards, certainly not going to make you rich. That you're doing it for the love of the game, right? So, 
they do exist and finding them is great jesse who does rat city recon which is where we close that tour off which is that crazy roller rink that uh that we, those pictures look cool super cool event and just like unlimited good vibes from like everyone there you know mm. and and that's so important and so special and for me it's not just about it's not a me statement yeah. it's a it's about us it's about the communitarian effort of what music can be and what a live show experience can be too like not having those for like a couple of years was devastating for people me <laughs> myself included like absolutely devastating where it's like just not having that connection like having not having that perfect example when we did the the this is revolution give them an argument uh left reckoning live show in new york it was so cool to see people like be around their people and like hang out not in like the chat section <laughs> but yeah. in real life it's the same stuff and it matters and it should be deemed important even if there isn't like any value to having a show about it that isn't just like temporarily embarrassed superstars look that if if you really want to ask me put a gun to my head what do i miss i miss the live interaction i miss the after show hang i miss you know losing my shit on stage with my friends um i'm those things i miss doing that live show in new york was was fun and crazy on a few different levels because you know it's not very often that you and I got to play to big rooms that came yeah. to see us. <laughs> where no, we, no, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where, where we weren't opening and yeah. like, Oh, these AKA people. in the way of someone's favorite band is what I always say. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, didn't I say, didn't I say that uh, the one of the shows? You did us? Like, hey man, we're in the way of everyone's favorite band. Just so you know. Like, so, so that, that, that is a really cool thing. And I, I kind of look forward to doing these, these live events for these yeah. projects that I'm putting out, but it still kind of pales in comparison to like looking over and the feedback goes on and and we, we go and do our thing. So I, 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 there's a, this much of me that's jealous of you. Right. It's like <laughs> you see much. that loaded. And that, well, yeah, I, saw this and I was like, Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what people man you'd be jealous till you see the work it goes in yeah because you know why because your back is looking at you like we coming for you <laughs> <laughs> no that's real and and like you know the eight hour drive i mean i and i i just i keep it sustainable now i keep the i keep the drive short you know we're we're not messing around and like crash on anyone's floor <laughs> you know like we're you, yeah, people. There's so many things that I get, you know, like flashbacks of like I don't want to deal with any more cats, and I don't want to deal with. Oh, that's your bathroom. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I remember we stayed in some. Kitty, no. <laughs> we're like in Mansfield, Ohio, and just rats were jumping out of the couch and shit, and I was like, oh, this is stay in the car. It's way safer. Um, all that stuff. You can tell stories about it. We can laugh about it. But when you're living it, <laughs> not funny. It's, a whole, yeah. it's a whole different thing. But ultimately, what this show is about was not about old guys reminiscing. It was about <laughs> old guys and young guys being able to benefit off this site that was legitimately artist friendly. Is it's Correct. not over. Just yeah, it's, it's technically still around, but still around, yeah, there's still a lot of people. Basically, same thing that they're they're hearing the fat lady warming up, you know. 
Oh, yo, she's coming on stage. She's a slow walk. She's coming. She's coming, don't you? It's a matter of time, but that bitch is coming. Um, and I was trying to look it up. There is some cat that was already working on like a band camp style set because there were already people being like, hey, we shouldn't have all our eggs in one basket. Like, you know, what are the other alternatives for this? Oh, there. And the answer is, well, there really isn't any. And this dude was already kind of working on like making a band camp alternative of some kind. I don't remember what it's called. I have to like look to see. Uh, but like it's apparently this is this is put a, a boot in his ass to to get it going. And that's one of the reasons why I say like I'm happy to uh, to to say that like I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't know what it's gonna look like next year. I got we got a rather record done, man. It is done. It is it is like in the mixing stage right now. I got to work on this artwork, and it'll be like fall of next year. Are we gonna put it on Bandcamp? I don't know. I don't even know if there's gonna be a Bandcamp. Maybe they'll call it Song Trader now. I don't know. Maybe you'll do this wacky thing, like not put it on digitally, and people have to come see you. <laughs> Heavenly State said that. You know what happened? Nobody heard it. <laughs> and then you just got get played on like K Fog and all that. Where it was it was like how nobody what? But like. Whatever that's that's a whole set. I didn't, didn't even put them on blast for that. But like, but like, I was like, oh, you just do just physical records only, huh? Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> if you have the if you have the capacity to tour behind it properly, yeah. And and as you're touring, just use it as distribution at the same time. Yeah. That could be cool, but yeah. that means that you are doing okay financially to go on a tour to that level even even if you did it regionally where you live in the midwest even if you want a midwest regional run and you're like i'm only gonna have this be the midwest thing yeah well if you have people then like you can do it and and, and it's like the whole vinyl thing could go away tomorrow for all i know then great oh, it's eight tracks now great here come the eight tracks i don't care <laughs> I just want people to hear the bullshit. You know? Someone says, I think Jason uh, once told a story about being invited to spend the night in some guy's basement in the state of Maine. It was not Maine. It was Washington State. Mm. And it was in Bremerton, Washington. Bremerton. All right. And uh, it it looked like a serial killer basement. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> leave you with this. I'll never forget this because I was terrified. We were both. It was, it was Cindy and I. We were both terrified. Yeah. It was just two of us. It was just me and another person. And the guy goes, I'm going to lock the door because the dog knows how to get in. And we're like, and he goes, oh, your cell phone. What now? Yeah, he goes, your cell phone won't work, so knock real loud when you wake up. There's like no windows. There was a mattress on a sheet of, of concrete. Excuse me. <laughs> we were like, I was like, wait, he's got cameras in here. He's going to watch. He's going to kill us. And then, right. and then I looked over. And Cindy was like laying down and she was like, yeah, this is scary. We we're both scared. She goes, uh, well, are you going to fucking turn the light out and go to sleep? I was like, no, I'm terrified. She's like, okay, fucking she had like a sleep mask and she put that shit on. I was like, I'm just going to sleep in any situation. Wow. We, of course, didn't die, but I was, I was those nights and those stories never happened. Yeah, you're not missing that. <laughs> never happened. No. I, I, yeah, you're you're beyond that stage in your career. I mean, so look, like every once in a while, I'll get I'll be on other people's shows. I was actually just on uh, Vinyl and Vision talking about Machine Gun Etiquette by the Damned, and obviously there's a lot of stuff about me as well. But sometimes it'd be like I get get on these shows to talk about like messed up tour stories, and all my messed up tour stories from like years ago. 
as and I even like mentioned like the end of uh, I think it was Tomorrow We Die. I was I was like, yeah, there's a reason why all these tour stories are from years ago because we just don't do that anymore. Like we don't. I was on tour code and you stay in a hotel. Hell, we we are not we are not staying any any murder basement. <laughs> We're not staying <laughs> like any. Hell no. No, 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 no. Not in this man's army. I mean, worst we did was my dad's couch. That was like the, the worst that we did. And that was just like, hey, let's cut a little into this drive. I'm like, yeah, I actually like that. I'm not going to lie, man. That was actually really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, but the rest of the time I was like, look, I, my, it's I, when you're when you're a young person and like it like it's an adventure till it isn't. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <you know? laughs> It's all, it's it's all fun and games. Absolutely. You yeah. know, you stay in one murder basement, you know, you've seen them all, right? <laughs> yes, yes. We all seen Green Room. <laughs> oh, man, the paint's a great guarantee. Oh, okay. If you haven't had a Green Room story, you haven't toured. <laughs> no, that's. Everybody, I don't care what kind of music you do. It doesn't matter. Transcend genre. Room, yeah. I know people that toured with Wu Tang that have a Green Room story. <laughs> If you don't have a green room story, have you even been on the road? Yeah, yeah. You know, Wu-Tang's an actual pretty good example for, like, becoming a content creator and making it cool. Because Riz is all busy. He made that Hulu show. That was, like, that was actually pretty cool. You know, and it it brought in, well, because, God, hip-hop's the worst about, like, you know, it has to be right now. Like, there is no, (laughs) there is no long-term memory for hip-hop. Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, not that rock music is much better, but I mean, it, it's. It, I was like, that's a real clever way you get to tell like a really cool origin story, mm. kind of provide a platform for a bunch of young actors to to you know apply their trade, and tell a really cool story that's very unique amongst um, music, let alone among, amongst uh, that style of music. So he's making that content and he's doing it in a way that's like, no, that's awesome. But not everyone is RZA. <laughs> People don't have RZA's budget. And everybody's <laughs> friends with fucking Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Look, give me give me that money. I'll make something cool as hell, dude. Well, I'll make that content all day long. I'll I'll, I'll have I'll have a hundred people working on the content farm. It'll be it'll be like. Well, RZA also did that thing where they sold that record to that Martin Scarelli guy. They're like, we're gonna have one album. That's right. And sell it for a gajillion dollars. Farmer Bro got it. That's right. Forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, they they can do things like Conan can't go. I'm gonna have one record. And they're and like, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, ain't no one gonna buy it. I'm trying to sell them for twenty. You know, fuck yourself with that one record. How's that sound? They're like twenty dollars. Some fool at the Seattle show mm-hmm. was trying to like bargain with with with, with Lindsay, who was like a man of all the people to bargain. You better off bargain with me, and I don't give you nothing. By the way, she's not gonna. What are you doing? Like bargain? You try like, man, it costs what it costs. Get the fuck out of here, pound sand, dude. The margin. <laughs> what kind of margin you think we lost on vinyl? <laughs> yeah. When people say razor thin, that is being so <laughs> nice. That's the like so, like cheese. when you cut cheese razor thin and it's transparent because it's so good. <laughs> that's what it is. That's how razor thin it is. Yeah, yeah that, that vinyl margin. Wasn't Bandcamp pressing vinyl? Or speaking, of way, speaking of which, copy's still available, by the way. Neutronfriends.bandcamp.com <laughs> Can you can you actually uh, send me in the private chat where people can uh, see yeah. your new video and and get your new music? Hell yeah, I can. You kidding me? Sure. So definitely, if you enjoy this man and you like his music, I say go listen to his music. Yeah. Um, you can listen for free on any of those things that I don't see a dime from, <laughs> or you can uh, buy a record or CD. We sell CDs. You too. can. Here's what this. I think this is funny, Conan. Buy a Trimex shirt. <laughs> That's, uh, That's a callback, by the way. <laughs> 
So they're in the in the there's links right now in the chat for you to go check Conan out on Bandcamp. Um, we just hit on the audio show. We hit a million downloads uh, last week. That's what's up. That's awesome, man. So my music has gotten a million technically. Right? Yeah. No, that's the nice thing about scoring your own show, dude. Right. Like, people hear whether they know it or not. People hear a Conan Neutron Secret Friends song every time they listen to Bartonic Reversal. People are like, hey, what's that song? I'm like, oh, it's, it's me. First song, the first record, son. Well, same thing with uh, with uh, Movie Night, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's about the time for that though. But <laughs> <laughs> although someone keeps people keep being like, why don't you put a record of this? I'm like, man. But you know, Spot, but Spotify tells me because I don't have a million, you know, listeners or whatever. Yeah. Uh, followers on spotify i don't have any really uh that i'm not worthy yeah you're not gonna get a cent from the streams because what's yeah. that i mean man they're the most like good fellows of all these streaming sites <laughs> seriously like it, it's my tactics dude yeah no that's straight up dude but i wrote the song fuck you pay me <laughs> exactly it, it, it's it's so Ah, it's maddening to me and because it's like there's the ways I want the world to be and there's the ways the world is. And so mm. rather than get furious about that, which I am all the time, <laughs> but like I, I try to sink my energy into like, look, like how, how do I become the media? Right. Well, look, it's behind me. Like I got my own show and I'm showcasing people that are like not just like the names you do know, but maybe the maybe the names that you should. You do have some big names on your show. I do. But it's not all what I show would be a lot bigger if that's all I had. But I, I, cause I have people on where I'm like, I feel like I'm. Like you had me on. It's like rock and roll affirmative action. You had you had me on when you were still doing it in studio. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, and I think it was, it was um, largely 20, nonsense for the first 15 minutes, if I remember correctly. But 2014, we didn't. We didn't even know each other that well, too. But like, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying like I deserve like a gold medal or anything. Like, but, but that's how what I choose to do with my show, is that like. It's, it's like you're gonna get your you're gonna get your vitamins in as you know wrapped in the cheese or whatever however you want whatever you want to call it <laughs> uh and that's how i choose to conduct myself and it turns out that the show struck a chord with people i'm not saying that people just listen to this show uh but like it struck a chord with people and found a much larger audience by a factor of like ten thousand with within the covid great i mean as far as i'm concerned same mission statement though it's still going to be like all right we got dave lombardo all right great everyone loves that show all right now we got a mic from rid of me who you know like well you, maybe you should check it out maybe you should check it out maybe you'd like it you know you're you're, you're keeping it real you're doing what you want to do and that's all that matters I, i'm making the show that i want to hear and that's what it comes out because i make the music that i want to hear make the show that i want to hear yeah. i'm not waiting around for someone to dish it out for me because guess what they never going to do it so i'm not saying everyone needs to follow that model but i'm saying if you find things that are like diamonds in the rough if you will, or just something that the algorithm isn't shoving at you. And you're like, wow, this is cool. You got to take a moment, maybe just like write it down in your notes app or something. And just be like, I can't remember to say something about this. There's, because there's people doing shit that I think is cool. This, this image that I have behind me in Conan is an image of my band bitter, like playing in uh, the rickshaw in San Francisco, which we may be playing in March, by the way. But, oh, you play okay. Uh, it's not confirmed, but that's where the McCluskey uh, rescheduled. Oh, okay, was. interesting. Um, I, I would think that we're going to be playing, but until, it's almost like until I walk on stage, I don't believe it. You know, because you got the band. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that, but um, <laughs> that the band that's got a banner behind us—they're called Hemorrhage. Hemorrhage. I love calling them that. Um, 
they started doing this thing because they would play these shows and you know, a handful of people show up. Yeah. And they started doing this thing where they would just go bum rush a live show of a band that sounded something like them. They're a metal band. They're young metal kids. They're a little in their early 30s. And they would show up at like a Slayer show or, you know, somewhere that like they don't exit a show at the DNA lounge and the DNA was still there in their little van. And they rigged their their tour van with speakers to play out. They set up all their stuff in the van. Oh, so they set up in front of the show and they, they, they play. The show started playing. Okay. They started doing this more and more and yeah. more. And people started coming out. And then uh, someone, video- <laughs> someone videoed um uh gary holt who was playing in exodus yeah this is the original band actually exodus slayer does all kinds of stuff yeah uh and buying a shirt from him <laughs> that rocks and so then <laughs> one of the biggest metal blog guys or whatever would you call them, vlog guys ola yeah. from uh the haunted okay um he does all the guitar stuff he saw them esp gave them a, a deal they got their own, uh, not signature models, but they got free guitars from ESP. And now they just show up on a street corner. They've circumvented venues. I don't know how That is long making you your own path. <laughs> that is for sure making your own path. I That's- don't know how long you can do it for, but it is really interesting to see these dudes. They're actually really nice guys. And it's I, a novelty too. Nobody who does that because like that's interesting. That's like, yeah. what, is this a band that just shows up and plays? I guess it shows is. up. Yeah. And, and now they go like, we're gonna show up on the corner of this and this in yeah. L.A. And then we're gonna go to fucking San Diego. We're gonna show up on this corner and people show up and they jump on the fucking van and they're stage diving off the van. And sometimes the police come and at best the police will come and just shut their door. And then a kid just opens in the police like, oh, we did our due diligence. <laughs> what's what's the Killdozer song? The pig was cool. <laughs> the pig was cool. So there's 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 people out there still trying to find ways to do stuff. I again, I I don't want to see a site like Bandcamp that has been beneficial to me for several years um, go the way of the dodo. But if it does, I like I said, this band right here on the on the backdrop, Hemorrhage. Uh, who's been featured in a, in quite a, I think um, one of the big metal magazines had a feature of them as well. Um, and and the sad thing about the kids was Conan they had a little shop in in Oakland where they were trying to print T-shirts. Like they were they tried everything to build community. They were like we'll just do a punk rock flea market at the DNA. Yeah, yeah. Like they were they were trying to do everything. And uh, and then someone broke into their warehouse and stole their stuff. Uh-huh. Like they, they were they had a lot of bad things happen. So the fact that they're actually having this kind of nice little run, yeah, yeah, you know, more more power to them. Good, guys. good for them. That's awesome. There's um, there's something in the in the chat real quick. Lula Fortune become the media is amazing from the perspective of being a similar age and background as these peeps. So it's basically all everyone is doing, even though Obama's. I feel like we're all Howard Beale. So that's. First of all, Network's one of my favorite movies of all time. So if you want me to read your comment on air, just invoke Network. <laughs> I'll read your comment on air. Uh, and actually, we did that as one of the crossover episodes. Uh, Network. Yeah. With, um, um, yeah. TG Michael. Uh, so, yeah. So just because you say something doesn't mean anyone's going to listen to you. But the problem is don't approach it from the pers- pers- perspective of like, I'm going to be the one that everyone listens to. I'm going to be the modern day Steve Albini or Joe Bioff or Buzz Osborne or whatever. Like, don't worry about that. Uh, worry about affecting change to turn people onto cool stuff. And uh, don't worry about it. Just do it. Like, 
some of the rewards that you can see from being part of a communitarian effort, they're not immediately palpable. Going back to Protonic, I did this damn show something like six years, and like half the time, be like, is anyone even listening to this? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I look at the numbers, and be like, oh, almost no one's listening to it, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then something changed, and then everyone was listening to it, and uh, they were going back to the old episodes and stuff. And sometimes that happens, and sometimes it doesn't. It's worth doing either way. You know, we used to put um, when we played Chicago, we used to put this band Beat Drone Jewel on the bill because I like them. I thought they're great. My friend Jesse played in that band, and uh, Donna, uh, amazing player. And, you know, kept up with everything Donna's done. It was an early advocate for uh, her current band, Juna. Had Juna on Protonic when nobody gave a damn. They're like, what, what, DJ Yuna? Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) And then had it when, like, this last record hit where people were really starting to pay attention. People pay attention more and more now. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. That Like, I I put her on because she was good. Not because she was, like, famous or because I get something out of it. Now, certainly sometimes there's, like, people that I have on where it's like, they are famous. Great. But they're on because they're interesting. Mm. And that's that's my model. And, and that mm. is, there's people that are famous that are not interesting to me at all. And or maybe it's just I'm the wrong person to have them on, you know? And I feel like we all need to think about what we're doing a little more and how we interact with folks. I can be guilty of the same stuff, you know? I'll be like, oh man, this you know, this record rips, but uh, you know, like look at today, had a video premiere. I had another podcast that's on. Come on. I knew I was coming on for this. I had, and I had someone ask me like, Hey man, you know, can you share our flyer for a Milwaukee show? I'm like, Oh yeah, tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> like the algorithm's going to punish me if I post a mm-hmm. one thing. <laughs> and that's messed up. And that shouldn't be how, like, and then I had to think about like, well, why am I saying that? I'm like, Oh, because I'm afraid no one's going to see it. Well, that's what they're afraid of too. Cause they don't freaking know anyone here. And what's going to happen? I can tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to post it, and someone from Nebraska is going to like it, and someone from California is going to like it, someone from New York is going to like it, a couple people from Europe are going to like it, and you know who's going to see it from Milwaukee? Nobody. Because we live in this world where people are like, hey, when are you playing Seattle? It's like, you son of a bitch, we played there two weeks ago. Yeah. That's when we're going to play it. Oh, I didn't know. What do you want to sing in Telegram? Like, are you kidding me? But we have to understand that this is, this is, this is the, we, Upon surrender to the algorithm, this is the world we decided we're okay with living with. And we must be okay with it if we don't change it. So the question are, you you can accept the way things are, probably complain about it, (laughs) or you can try to change it. So small ways uh, are always more effective. To the point that, like, there's some people, it's like, I'll just hit them up in text message. Like, hey, we're playing. Oh, man, cool. Come out. Great. You know, circumventing all of this nonsense, you know, all all this singing, dancing, uh, jumping monkey with the organ grinder uh, BS. I'm not saying I have the solution for everyone. I'm just saying I can go to sleep at night knowing that not only am I making the art that I want to make, but I'm a supportive part of the community that I'm a part of. And I put more into the world than I get out of it. Mm. And on that note, everybody, he is my friend Conan Neutron. He's got a new video out. There is links in the chat. To that video, his name is Coda Neutron. He has a band called Coda Neutron and Secret Friends. It is an all-star affair. Um, I think we downplay, you know, who you are in the industry and why people want to work with you, but you are a true original. <laughs> That's not legal tender, though. You cannot deposit that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. 
Yeah. Much yeah. Like exposure. None of those things. <laughs> also not legal tender. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but thanks for having me, man. I always appreciate it. There, there is something to be said though, about being actually a, a, tr- a real person and an original and, and honest and all those things matter in the long run. I think I have to think that cause I'm broke. <laughs> and we are out. <laughs> Thank you.